Welcome to the Balanced Babes podcast. I'm Kim Perez. I'm Amanda Montalvo. And we are functional nutritionists trained in a holistic, integrative approach to health and are founders of the Balanced Babe Method and Facebook group. We are on a mission to help women learn how to nourish their bodies, balance their hormones, and feel good in their skin. Because we've both dealt with our own health struggles, we are passionate about helping women become more in tune with their bodies and eliminate hormonal imbalances naturally through food, lifestyle habits, mindset, and targeted supplements tailored to each woman. We believe in the importance of intention, the power of intuition, and the value of prioritizing self-care. And we're here to empower all women. Before we get started, we want to remind you that we are not your doctor, and the content shared on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please chat with your doctor before making any changes. It's Amanda here, one half of the Balance Phase podcast. I'm here with Kim, and today we are chatting about intentional nutrition, a very important philosophy with us that we're excited to share with you. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk about this. I feel like it comes up so often when we're talking with women and just like conversations that we have with with ourselves and each other about food. Um, so we're excited to dive in and talk to you a little bit more about this philosophy that we've kind of developed over the past few years and why we think it's important and also get into some steps that you can start taking if you want to implement this in your own life. But first, we're gonna do our icebreaker question. <laughs> so if you could live in any sitcom, Kim, which one would it be? I was just trying to think about this. I could say a million. Um, you know what? I don't know if it counts as a sitcom. Like, I've been re-watching Gilmore Girls. I feel like I talk about this. Like, talked about this in like five different episodes recently. But it's just like a nostalgic, happy, like simple show. And it makes me feel like all warm and fuzzy because it's like just, you know, memories and childhood and there's no cell phones people weren't attached to, to their devices and people just like live their lives so I think right now for the need of simplification that I feel I would say that one that's <laughs> what about so, you that's so funny I didn't even think of like the no cell phone thing because I wanted to place I have to rewatch that um oh, I'm it's, yeah, it's like I feel like I'm back in like middle school where we didn't have to worry about that stuff the 90s though um I would say I'm obsessed with the Mindy Project right now, so I, like, didn't know that was a thing, and then I started watching it, and I was like, okay, there goes my life. I haven't watched that one. Oh, my gosh. I just love Mindy. What is her last name? From the Mindy office. Mindy I love her. I'm obsessed with her. She's great. Her humor is just great, and it's, like, it's a really easy, it's the, the episodes are really short, too. They're only, like, 20 minutes, so it's, like, easy if you just, like, want a quick show to watch, and you don't want to spend, like, hours watching TV to, like, watch one. That's how I feel about Jane the Virgin. Have you watched that show? I haven't. It's so silly. It's like very dramatic and ridiculous, but also strangely addicting. I'll have to put it on my list. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, you know, in talking about intentional nutrition, this might be 
a new concept for people or something that they haven't heard unless maybe they've followed us or worked with us before. But we want to talk a little bit more about, you know, what is this philosophy? What exactly does it mean? Um, so intentional nutrition we've defined as choosing foods that allow you to feel your best without fear or obsession. The main reason like why we developed this in the first place too, like when you hear that definition is like, like dieting is like your typical thing. Like Kim and I both came from dieting. We have this whole history we talked about in the intro episode and then like we kind of moved into this space of like functional nutrition and like more of a holistic, like whole person approach. But with that comes a lot of different protocols, right? So then it's like, we're kind of moving from like dieting to like restrictive protocols and like for certain times in your life. And then it, still like we kind of felt this like mismatch of like, but how can we just like simplify it? Like how can we just marry like, a functional approach to nutrition together with like something that isn't as restrictive and can work for anyone and anyone can learn it. And something that, you know, when we were, I remember when we were developing this definition, like how do we, how do we bring it down to something that is simple that does encompass all of that? But we do find that like, there is a lot of fear around food. There's a lot of obsession around food, even when people are following like a, a healing, healthy, protocol, like something like, you know, maybe a paleo diet or, you know, something like that's specific to helping them, there still is some obsession that comes around it. So we like the fact that, you know, this doesn't discount any of those protocols if you are doing something that works for you at a specific time, but just brings in this element of it is your choice and you don't need to be perfect. And the foods that allow you to feel your best right now might be different from a month from now, a year from now, et cetera. So, you know, the basic really foundation of this approach is that it is flexible and that it is what, what works for you at any given time. And the, some of like the main ways that it's different from dieting specifically, cause like that's, that's like who we mostly had in mind when we made this and like we're thinking about it is like the typical woman that has tried every diet under the sun just like us and they are sick of it and they're they they just can't they're either like on a diet or they're off and they just don't want to like continue living in that like yo-yo um type of place and so when we were developing it the main difference is like okay we want something that's really nourishing and not restrictive right? So that it, it's not going to like hold you back in that area. Exactly. And, then, and I think what we've seen is that when the women that we work with, especially like that restrictive piece is it has a lot of mental and emotional implications, but also physical implications. Like when we're working with women, we're trying to get them to a point where they are their healthiest, most optimally functioning physically and also mentally. And sometimes that restrictive piece gets in the way of that because I know I work with a lot of women who are like, I'm ready. I don't want to be on a diet anymore, but there's still so many dieting behaviors that are just ingrained. I mean, I know that I still struggle with that sometimes, like they're just ingrained in us from, from doing that for so long. So we want the focus to really be on like, how can you really nourish your body and focus on the, the, the happy, the positive, the good stuff, the, the healing instead of this restrictive piece that is depriving you of like, happiness, but also health. And so you're really just coming from a place of love instead of negativity. And that's a big part of healing, whether you are healing mentally, emotionally, or physically, because a lot of it has to do with like, you know, what's happening in your body. If you're constantly speaking like negatively to yourself, 
then you're going to be in a more stressed out state, you know, and, and that takes a huge amount away from healing and stuff like that. And, you know, the real goal with this is like, if when you're coming from a good place and you're trying to do something good for yourself, you can do that forever. And, and you're not building up these rules around food and like placing restrictions on yourself that a lot of the times aren't fully necessary. Cause if you, like Kim said, you have to look at that big picture. Like, are you being really negative and restrictive with food? That's probably holding you back in other areas. Whereas like, even though you might not be eating perfectly, even though that's not even a thing, but like you might be feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm not eating the way that I should be eating. You can actually feel a lot better, be a lot healthier and happier, even though it's not like exactly what you might think is perfect. And I love to think of this, you know, it's, it's that kind of idea of, you know, speak to yourself, like you would speak to a friend or your sister or, you know, someone you love, but think about if you've ever tried to help somebody in your own life, how successful can you be if that does come from a negative place? Like if you do feel forced to help that person or you're helping them because you're like angry at them and turn that back to, to that inward. Like if you want to change your body and that's why you're dieting because you hate the way you look, or even if you just like hate the way you feel and you're constantly negative about it, you're just not going to be as successful. Those habits aren't going to stick. And again, you're just not going to be happy. I mean, this is an approach that, we know dieting is comes from restriction and comes from negativity, but it, it sucks. Like it's not fun. And we want food to be a source of joy as well. Like it's something that we have to do every day, multiple times a day. And there should be some happiness and joy behind it as well. So definitely coming from that place of love and, and, ne- and not negativity like diets do is really important. And just kind of noting, like, if you are someone that's been dieting for a long time, you probably know that you maybe have some success at first. I feel like a lot of people do. And then eventually it's like things go backwards or you hit a plateau or you don't feel as good, even though you're doing the same exact thing that you've always been doing. You know, like a lot of, we get a lot of women that are like, well, I went back to like, maybe they were doing paleo or some form of like more whole foods. They stopped, they go back, they do the same exact thing and it doesn't work. You know, and a lot of this is, it's it's how having to do with how that first time around like impacts your body. And like, maybe you were under eating, maybe you restricted certain foods that like weren't actually a good thing for you. Maybe you didn't get enough carbs, you know, like certain things like that, um, that can come back to bite you. And that's like, diets fail 95% of the time. And that's why, you know, we know that you likely know that as well. And that's why we really wanted to create this like intentional nutrition, which is different from intuitive eating, which we'll talk about. Um, that's something that you can use forever. Yes, definitely. And as Amanda was saying, in terms of our approach and the differences between an intuitive eating approach, I'm sure that the intuitive eating kind of movement, I think, is becoming a lot more popular, and I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. But even within the intuitive eating um, kind of philosophy, there is a lot of wiggle room, and I think that there are some people that promote intuitive eating in a in a very healthy way. But I also think that intuitive eating can be, be interpreted in maybe a way that's you know helps with abandoning diet culture and like food rules, which is something we agree with but at the same time might not be best supporting your physical health. Um, And, you know, there's a a couple of different reasons why intentional nutrition, it does have some similarities, but fundamentally it is different because we wanted to incorporate that personalization and that functional nutrition approach. So while 
intuitive eating and intentional nutrition both abandon dieting culture and food rules. We, you know, both philosophies want you to honor your hunger and fullness signals and both have no food boundaries. I mean, there really is no food is off limits. Um, sometimes intuitive eating, sometimes that can be problematic for people if there are certain foods that maybe don't agree with you or you just don't know, you, like you just don't have knowledge about nutrition and what foods are really nutrient dense and help to fuel your body and make you feel really good versus those that don't. And it can be kind of difficult if you have all these conflicting signals, like we know processed foods and, you know, specific food sensitivities, things like that can interfere with your energy and interfere with your hunger and fullness signals. So if you leave everything open to like, I'm just going to eat what I want, that is a lot of, um, you know, that's open for a lot of interpretation because what you want physically might be different from what you want mentally and emotionally. So we kind of try to build in some more guidance and some more, not rules, but more of like a roadmap for you to help figure out what foods work for you and how much food works for you. And instead of just having no guidelines at all, like no, no roadmap, no, you know, no suggestions on how to build your plate and what foods you do want to include. And like your energy, what impacts your energy? You know, like I, I, so like we just kind of feel like for a lot of people, like intuitive eating kind of leaves a lot to be like desired, you know, as far as like education around nutrition and stuff. And so with our intentional nutrition approach, we talk a lot more about like, okay, here's foods that boost energy. Here's foods that deplete your energy. And like, here's how like your energy is related to your blood sugar and what you eat. Because once you understand like, okay, this is how I can start, you know, here's like a place for me to begin with our roadmap on how to start eating. You'll, you learn like, okay, I actually felt so good after I ate this meal. I'm going to replicate that you know, it, it, so, or maybe you didn't and here are some adjustments you can make. So it's personalized, but it's also like, we want you to eat foods that you enjoy and that make you feel good. And, but to also understand kind of like some of the other benefits of them as well. And like you were saying, there is just a lot left open, like open-ended questions because intuitive eating, this approach of intuitive eating, I think it works really well, but I do also think that, you know, it's 2019 food, our, our entire food system is really, really different than, you know, fundamental food. And that can just confuse your body. So we do want to provide you with that so that you can learn a little bit more about, okay, what is really nourishing? What does support my energy? Like, like Amanda was saying, and what maybe does it, but at the same time, you still have the complete freedom to choose those foods whenever you want. But the most important piece is becoming really in tune and setting that foundation of just learning about food. It's so, so, so important. Think about you know how often we eat and how often we're faced with food choices and the lack of general nutrition education that most people are receiving. I don't remember getting any nutrition education, I would say, uh, maybe like a health class. Um, and I think a, for a lot of women, most of the nutrition education or, you know, quote unquote education that we've gotten is through dieting programs, which, or maybe like the media or, you know, magazines that tell you like, here's this 1200 calorie diet that you should follow to help you lose 10 pounds in a week type of thing. Real solid, helpful nutrition information is really lacking. 
And so intentional nutrition just wants to incorporate that as well. So do, should we go through the five steps for getting started? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we have five steps for getting started. If you are thinking, I want to ditch dieting, but I also want to get really in tune with my body and learn how to like best nourish my body and get rid of all of this fear and obsession that I might have around food. Um, so the number one thing is to look at where you are in your life and your health journey and just, you know, take a step to reflect on what are your goals specifically? Like, what are you trying to achieve? Because no matter what, and no matter where you are, who you are, this is really going to impact your food choices and where your focus is. For example, like if you're somebody who is transitioning from really restrictive dieting and wants to maybe get your period back, your focus is going to be a lot different than somebody who might be an athlete and is training for competitions. So it's really important to consider like, where are you right now? Reflect on where you've been as well and just know that like, hey, what worked for you in the past might not be what works for you now. And just take inventory of exactly what you're looking to do and why you want to improve your nutrition and, and just get to a healthier place with food. So then from there, like once you establish what your focus is, that's going to help you dictate all of the next steps. So it's really important to get clear on that. I also think it's really helpful for coming back to it because sometimes this stuff isn't easy. Sometimes it's really hard to eat a food that you don't, you, maybe you haven't eaten in months or years. So it's, it's really good to like, make sure you understand exactly why you're doing this, what your goals are so that when things get really difficult, you can go back to that. But when you, when you all of a sudden freak out because you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't tracked my food in this long, or I've been eating way more than I usually eat. And you want to you know, like go back to your old habits. You have that really strong like foundation. So that from there, the next biggest step is going to be to stop measuring and tracking both food and your weight. And this is hard. You know, if you, I, I remember when I stopped tracking my food, it was a really big deal. It was like, I didn't trust myself, right? I think a lot of us don't trust our, ourselves and our bodies to tell us like what they really need. But it's interesting once you have that background of tracking, like you know what's in a lot of foods and you know what balanced looks like for the most part. You just want that control of seeing like, okay, did I eat this much in this amount? And like, did I reach my goals for the day? So trying to ditch that, but then also looking at the scale, like that's a really big one too. And we have a whole video on this um, in our intentional nutrition program, because we know that, you know, the scale is hard, but it's one measurement. Your weight does not tell you if you're healthy. It doesn't tell you if your hormones are balanced. It doesn't tell you how your digestion is. Like it's one tiny, tiny marker. And it's, really not indicative of health. So and it doesn't tell you how you feel either. I mean, I'm sure you know this, like, yes, a lot of women can step on the scale and the number can dictate their mood. But when you remove that piece and you remove any of that information, you could wake up in the morning and feel really amazing. And your weight might be different than it was yesterday. And it's just, instead of like letting that number dictate how you feel personally, like you might have more energy and more reliable hunger signals and feel stronger in the gym. And your weight might be a couple pounds more than like you might like to see it on the scale. So that's also what's really important. Um, and especially when it comes to your hormones, like I get a lot of women who are like, you know, my periods are really irregular. I'm trying to get pregnant um, and I'm having trouble. And they also are focusing on their weight. And it's like, when you get 
rid of that information and just focus on your health first, you can, you can change a lot and your, your number on your scale matters zero amount. And when you start looking at things like, say you're someone that tracks your food or you're following, you've been following a specific diet or like multiple diets, who knows, then when you like take that away, like you have less information coming into your mind and you can like listen to your body more. I, I personally had such bad cravings when I tracked my food. Did you like, I, I just like, I was always like, oh, I want more carbs just because like I'd already eaten my carbs for the day. And it's yeah. like, when you remove that, I, I don't, ha- if I have cravings now, it's late, it's before my period, which is normal, or like I'm not sleeping enough or not eating enough. And it's like a big red flag for me. I lived with them before. And the other thing that you kind of just brought up is that my, my biggest struggle when I was personally tracking my food is like, some days I'm more active. Some days I'm at a different, obviously different point in my cycle. So my appetite's going to change my need for certain nutrients is going to change. So I always kind of question like, why would I eat the same exact amount every day? And when you really think about it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, there's like about, you know, a ballpark range that your body needs every day in terms of like calories and macronutrients, but it shifts a lot. And it, it's really doesn't make sense to be eating the same amount every day and forcing yourself to eat the same amount, the same amount every day, because yeah, if you want more carbs one day, but your app tells you, you ate all your carbs now, what do you do? Yeah. And it's, and then you don't trust yourself and you feel guilty. And then, then you have a stress around food. And that's the other big thing that we're trying to do with intentional nutrition is remove stress around your food because it shouldn't be causing you stress. It should be nourishing you mentally, physically, emotionally, instead of like the opposite. So that's why, you know, it's a hard step. You might have some resistance toward it, but you got to do it and it's totally worth it. Just pull the bandaid, delete the apps. That's what I did. It was just like, get rid of the app. If it's not there, I can't, you know, unless I'm going to log in on my phone, which is like a total other thing. But like, if the app's not there and I don't see it, get out of that behavior of, of just logging in and, and mindlessly putting that food in. And it, it does, it frees up a lot of energy. It frees up a lot of time too, um, that you're just like, okay, I have to, I have to cook, but now I have to like put my food in my app before I can eat it. And if you don't finish your meal, you have to go back in your app and edit it. It's, it's really draining. Like really draining. And it takes away from the honoring those hunger and fullness cues, which we'll mm-hmm. get to. Um, so the third one is to focus on food quality first. So this means looking at ingredients list more closely. We have a bunch of guidelines for the program that where we're kind of, it's really whole food focused. We're not like having you, you don't have to eliminate anything. But again, it depends on where you're at, depends on what your goals are, what health stuff you have going on, and it's completely customizable. So if you're someone, no matter who you are, whether you're an athlete, you have a hormone issue or a gut issue, or you're just trying to like not be obsessed with food, focusing on quality is good for everyone. So like trying to get mostly whole foods, if anything is coming in a box or a package, looking at the ingredients list and making sure you know there's not like sugar as a first ingredient, like harmful oils, canola, soybean oil, like things that you didn't think were going to be in your food that are now showing up on the ingredients list. Like those are things you want to look for. And what, by focusing on food quality, basically what it's doing is it's like, if you're eating more whole foods, they're taking the place of more highly processed foods. Cause it's like, when you start eating more whole foods, the same thing, like if you, when you're like, you know, eating more processed foods, like 
we don't love to say like you can't eat something, but we're like, what is it taking the place of for you? Like what it, what is eating like that bread, whether it's gluten-free or not, like what is that bread taking the place of with that meal? Like, and what do you have to do? Like maybe like prep more, make or prioritize time for that or order from a meal delivery service or whatever. Like having, how do you have to be more prepared to eat more whole foods? Cause we know it's not easy at first. Um, you it does take a little bit more thought and planning, but that is definitely like one of the best things you can do for your health. And we just know that, you know, there's no food that's good or bad. There's no morality around food and that's not what we're trying to get at. But we can't ignore the fact that like super highly processed foods that are stripped of all their nutrients, they are, you know, maybe have like chemical ingredients and additives and artificial sweeteners and things like that. They do interfere with the healthy functioning of your body, like plain and simple. So it's not that there's never a place for those foods and you're still going to have them, but you're just by crowding them out and building a more nourishing, you know, nourishing foundation by getting foods that are rich in different nutrients and are really satiating. I mean, that's the other thing. Super processed foods just don't fill you up, but getting good quality fats and starchy carbs and proteins, those are foods that are going to give you good energy. I mean, really, that's what everyone wants fundamentally. They're going to help give you good energy and make you feel good and nourish your body and help your body do all the things that it has to do. That's where your body gets those nutrients from, is from your food. So again, it's just building more awareness around that, which we're gonna talk about on that step, step five, but just building more awareness around the foods that you're eating, number one, so that you can start to crowd out some of those things that might not make you feel so good. Yeah, so don't overthink it. Just start slowly moving over to more whole foods. And then the fourth step is to balance every meal. And so we have what's called, we call our balanced plate. And it has like a little chicken thigh, you know, on there, crispy chicken thigh, because who doesn't like that? Whenever I visit Kim, her and her husband make these lemon artichoke chicken thighs and they're the best thing ever. And so it's got the chicken thigh that's got our high quality protein, also has some healthy fat. And then uh, half, like about half the plate is covered in veggies and they're colorful. We did a mix of cruciferous veggies because we're all about supporting healthy hormones and cruciferous veggies are great for that. Also great for detox and they have fiber nutrients. They're just awesome. So like colorful veggies. And then there's a starchy carb, which is like a, it's like a little piece of a sweet potato, like about half a sweet potato and then some grass-fed butter or ghee, however you want to interpret that on top. So a healthy fat. So it's like, we've got the quality protein, the veggies, which have lots of fiber and micronutrients, like Kim was saying, to give us energy and allow our bodies to function properly. And then starchy carbs also for energy and for healthy hormones and then healthy fats. Yeah. And this is just like a, you know, we call it the balance plate. It is a foundation that you can interpret for yourself. But really the goal is making sure that you have quality protein, quality fat, and quality carbohydrates at every meal. Because we know that this translates to balanced blood sugar, which translates to better energy, less cravings, more reliable hunger signals, uh, better, you know, more balanced hormones, and is simply the best way to, to build that foundation to fuel your body and help you get more in tune with how you feel, which is step number five, um, listen to your body. So this is going to mean, you know, again, tuning into hunger and fullness signals. Hunger is not a bad thing. Diets tend to tell us, you know, you don't want to be hungry. You want to suppress hunger or you want to just like push through and ignore hunger. I hate when diets tell you like, Oh, if you're feeling hungry, have 
a cup of tea or chew some gum. It's like, no, if you're hungry, eat food. So it's honoring your hunger signals, but also honoring fullness. If you make, say that, that balanced plate, if you sit down and you make that and you're eating and you get like three quarters of the way through and you start to feel full, you don't have to finish that plate. Or the opposite, if you finish that and you still feel hungry, like go for seconds, that's okay. So honoring those two things is number one, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. And whether that means eating three meals a day, that's fine. But if it means eating four or maybe having a couple snacks as well, it's, it's really personal on, you know, what your body needs, how much food you need, et cetera. And the other big part of this is like being in tune with your cravings. And this is probably like the last time we ran the intentional nutrition program. I think this is what we got the most questions about cravings and emotional eating. And it's cause it's hard, right? Like when you have cravings, I mean, I'm very, it, it shows you now, like when I do get them, I'm like, wow, like I'm so glad that I don't have these on a regular basis anymore because they drive you crazy. And you're kind of wondering like, you know, I feel like a lot of guilt feeling comes up. So we try to look at cravings as information, right? From your body telling you that, Hey, I need something that you're not giving me. And sometimes like that could be a host of different things. So like we go through and we talk about like different nutrient deficiencies, which can definitely lead to cravings. We see like not getting enough food in general, like maybe you need more carbs and fat, maybe it's more protein, but getting enough food in general and not under eating is really important to avoid cravings. And then just knowing like when you do get them, like paying attention, like don't write it off. If you're close to your period, then you know, like, okay, I need to have a healthy treat around or whatever kind of a treat you really want. Um, but during that time, it's like better if you don't do lots of processed food for your hormones and have that around and like satisfy the craving and just making a note. Like if you have a craving, be like, okay, what did I eat today? Like maybe I didn't eat enough. Maybe my breakfast was too small or maybe like I should have had a snack before dinner because I, I just would have felt better. Um, but looking at that, those little things and like paying attention to them and not just being like, oh, I'm, I just get so many women. They're like, I'm so bad. Like I just crave these foods. It's like, it's not bad. It, it's just your body giving you signals. And sometimes it's like an emotional need. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of my cravings are emotional typically rather than like, you know, physical where it's like, are you giving yourself what you need? Like, are you really stressed out right now? Cortisol can literally increase cravings. So that's our stress hormone. So if you're really stressed out, it's like be in tune to that. Do you need more alone time? Do you need like some self-care? So paying attention to all those things can be really helpful and like not just feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so bad for craving. What am I doing wrong? And I also get a a lot of women, I've seen this too with cravings. It's like they always crave something after dinner. Like they always crave something sweet after dinner or, you know, after lunch. Um, And I also find like an emotional tie with that because if you are looking for, you know, I wholly believe that food is pleasure and should be, but if you're only finding that through food, like maybe you are unhappy with your job or you come home from work and you are lonely, you know, like there are also those emotional factors too. So a lot of this journey and experience is uncomfortable because you have to start getting to know yourself in so many different ways and start really like digging like to the why instead of, you know, just like, Oh, I want this food. I'm going to have it. Cool. Great. Not feel guilty over it. That's one thing, but we also would really like you to just like figure out why behind the certain things that you feel. Sometimes you need to just eat the food. Sometimes it's a lot more than that. So it's, it's important to just like tune in. 
another great thing you can do to help you listen to your body more, because I think it's kind of like, what does that mean, listening to your body? Like, what does that really mean? Is thinking about like how you feel before and after meals. So if you can kind of do quick check-ins with yourself throughout the day of like, okay, obviously like most of us eat because we're hungry, right? So it's like, how hungry are you before your meal? And how do you feel after? This is going to help you craft your meals and help you figure out what's going to be best for you as far as like your energy, sleep, hormones, workouts, all that stuff goes. So this way, once when you check in with yourself and even like later in the day, it's like, I always like to be like, if you feel awful later in the day, look at what you ate previously and drank like coffee, water, or lack thereof <laughs> and paying attention to that stuff. And that's going to help you just understand more of what you need and like how different foods make you feel. And especially when you're starting out, this is a good place to begin because you might have, and a lot of people have like their normal food routine. Like we all kind of get stuck in our little boxes of like, I eat the same thing kind of for breakfast and I eat the same kind of thing for lunch and dinner. Um, But you know, if you can start to just look at, okay, where am I starting out? how do I feel after I eat my normal breakfast every day? So you have, you know, like a muffin and, and, and a coffee every, every day. Start there. How do you feel routinely after you have that food and that meal? And then from there, it's, it's about adjustment. A lot of this can seem overwhelming and it's not about like an entire dietary overhaul. It's just like Amanda was saying, crowd out some of the more processed and maybe unbalanced meals that you're eating with more nutrient-dense, more balanced foods. And that's really where you're beginning. So instead of thinking, I need to start from scratch and just completely you know, follow a specific you know, map of what to eat, it's just look at what you're currently doing and how can you make some adjustments to help you feel better. And then the last thing, like obviously while, while you're taking in all this information, it's a lot and it's a lot to remember. So one of the things that can be really great to do is to put it all in a journal. So you can keep a journal of like, especially in the beginning, right? Like as part of the program, we do recommend journaling and just in not just your food, but like how you feel, hunger, fullness, all that kind of stuff. And like making notes for the day, because this is going to help you figure out like, and obviously things are going to shift, but it's going to give you like, okay, what does like my ideal day look like for the most part? And then from there you can like make changes. Whereas, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard, especially it's hard when you feel good to remember sometimes. Cause like, that's how we kind of expect to feel. So make note of both like the good, the bad, any reaction after your food. And then this is going to help you really balance it out for the future and fully get to understand how different foods affect you, how much food maybe you need to be eating. Do you need to eat more, less? Do you need like more carbs or maybe you need four meals a day? They're a little bit smaller instead of three, like figuring it out paying attention, writing it down. It's all really, really helpful. And, you know, not just for like the listening to your body piece, but, you know, just journaling throughout the whole experience, I think can be so helpful, especially when you are getting started and you're trying to figure out your why, and you're just constantly trying to revisit goals. You can be doing this and, you know, maybe you write things down once in a while, but then all of a sudden, like you hit a wall and you're not feeling good. Well, go back, revisit. What were your goals in the beginning? Have they changed? Has something else in your life changed? Like work through it. Are you stressed out? Are you feeling emotional? Do you have, you know, a lot on your plate right now or maybe the opposite? Um, you know, just kind of working through things through a journal. We're really big on that and it's open to your interpretation, but you can just jot down all of your feelings, um, all of your goals and, and work through this whole journey just by writing it down. 
It's also cool to look back at. I love going mm-hmm. through my old journals. So those are our five tips for getting started. Look at where you are in your life and your health journey. Stop measuring and tracking both food and weight. Focusing on food quality first. Balancing every meal and then listening to your body. And what I love about these tips is this is a great place to begin if you are looking to ditch dieting, ditch food restriction. But honestly, if you're just trying to get healthy and you're trying to balance your hormones, I mean, no matter what your goal is, these are really, really important things to just start doing. I mean, it can benefit you in a lot of different ways. So those are the top five things that we recommend doing. If you have questions, feel free to email us. But we also have a bonus tip and we have developed a program, which is ironically, the intentional nutrition program, but we've developed a program because we talk about this a lot. We still got a lot of women that are confused or this sounds really great, but I'm overwhelmed. So we have the intentional nutrition program. It's a fully online program and we're launching our next group September 9th. So that's less than two weeks away. Which is super exciting. And so if you're wanting some support you know, the way that we set up the program is we made a bunch of videos on the different things that we've talked about today, like a lot of the different steps. And each week you focus on a specific area and you watch a couple videos and we have a Facebook group where that's really like where we, you get like that one-on-one coaching and like more support. So if you're this way, you know, like we have you journal, we have you do a lot of the things that we mentioned, but then this way you can say like, Hey, like I've been struggling with, maybe it's a craving, maybe it's emotional eating. Maybe you're like, I don't know if I'm eating enough. It's like, you can share all this stuff in the group with us and get our direct feedback instead of trying to figure this stuff out on your own. Or if you're someone that's kind of been trying to do something like this, or if you're really nervous, maybe about not dieting or tracking, um, then this is, this is like a really, really great, it's four weeks. It's a lot of like group one-on-one attention, and then you'll have access to the online resources forever. Exactly. So we have a lot of videos and resources for you because like Amanda and I were saying in the beginning, we have gone on this journey ourselves and it's taken years. And these are things that we've done with clients over months and months and months. So we just wanted to take like, what are the most important pieces, the most important takeaways and put it into a four week program for you, which again, you're going to, you can change your life in four weeks through this program. But at the same time, if there's something that, you know, maybe right now you're only focusing on one or two aspects and, um, or maybe you do go through every single video, you can always go back and redo anything when you are struggling or maybe you forgot like, Hey, what was, what, what, what were some of those reasons that I should, you know, ditch the scale and you can go back and have those resources forever. So although the program is four weeks, you have access to all the information, you have access to the Facebook group. Um, and as we said, the next round of this is starting September 9th. Um, we really, really want to, you know, we create a great community every time we do this group, which I love. It's just all like-minded women who have similar goals and and you can share your journey and get feedback and get your questions answered. So if it sounds like something you're interested in, it is a four week fully online program. Anyone can join. Um, It's $197 for the four weeks and that includes lifetime access to everything. So if it does sound like something you're interested in, absolutely join us. Um, we probably won't run this again until next year, especially we definitely be around. <laughs> I'm like, you're having a baby soon. I know I have like lofty goals, but, um, yeah, get in on this now. It's, it's again, if, the, if any of this sounds like it's, 
it resonates with you and you want to get away from dieting and you just want to figure out how to like eat to feel really good mentally, physically, and emotionally, go for it. It's, it really is a powerful program. And if you're someone that like, maybe you have, you don't have access to work one-on-one with a nutritionist, like we know that not everyone can work with us. And sometimes a group environment is really best for certain people. But again, like, I mean, you can email us. Like last time we had quite a few people like email us. Some people posted in the group, like it's a mix of what works for you and what you feel the best with. Um, but this is a great way to get access to working with a nutritionist without having to pay like for one-on-one prices. So something to consider if you have any questions, if this program is appropriate for you, we did have some last time it's, you can email us hello at bodyinbalancenutrition.com to sign up for the program. You can go to the show notes of this podcast or our website, which is bodyandbalancednutrition.com and then just forward slash programs and you'll see the intentional nutrition program. You can sign up right there. So reach out to us if you have any questions, let us know and we hope to see you in a couple weeks inside the program.